Okay. Um, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for today's AIWA Los Angeles Las Vegas uh, section uh, e-meeting. Uh, we have a very exciting uh, topic and uh, um, a very uh, distinguished speaker. We have been trying to do this event, uh, but thanks to Dr. Swati Sasena, we'll be able to uh, make it happen. It's like dream come true. Uh, so before the event started, we have a few words to go over logistics. First, thanks, thank you so much for um, uh, the AIW headquarters uh, providing this wonderful uh, Zoom platform. It's very expensive and uh, for all their support and all the support for the council member. And uh, uh, this event is being recorded. And thanks a lot to uh, the speaker, uh, Ms. Jessica Lau, uh, allow us for uh, recording it. Uh, it is going to be posted on the website, YouTube, and podcast, and the uh, attendees will receive a note, note uh, email from us uh, very soon. And uh, just a few words, if you have any question, please type in the Q&A. You can put it in chat, but it, it, people get, might get confused. Uh, please try to put in Q&A, and uh, after the uh, presentation of Q&A session, uh, please click raise hand, and uh, you will be able to speak out, and you'll have uh, interactive uh, a, a conversation, question with the speaker. Uh, it's better that way. Okay. Uh, so just a few words about AIWA. AIWA is a nonprofit organization promoting aerospace membership-based. Uh, it's uh, not just only in America, but around the world. Uh, our president is Mr. Basil Hassan, executive director, Mr. Dan Dunbarker. Uh, our section chair is Dr. Jeffrey Pushel of Raytheon. Uh, AIWA, uh, this slide actually is prepared by our membership chair, uh, uh, Sherry Stooks, Miss Sherry Stooks from JPL. Uh, this shows our membership headquarters and uh, our vision. And uh, the reason for joining um, professional society, you got a benefit, networking, be able to meet people like uh, distinguished uh, speaker like uh, tonight. And uh, uh, so lots of great opportunities. So I don't know if our uh, council members are here, but I just say a few words. If they join us later, uh, we'll ask them to say a few words. Uh, this is part of that. We have Sherry from JPL. We have Kirsten from Boeing uh, and uh, Jennifer, attorney uh, from Chesler, and uh, RP, uh, our uh, STEM K-12 chair, and under the leadership of Dr. Jeffrey Pushell. And uh, membership levels, professional, early career, different level, please contact us. And uh, uh, our moderator tonight, uh, Swat, Dr. Swati Sasena, is going to introduce our speaker. So I'm going to skip this part. So our moderator tonight is Dr. Swati Sasena. Uh, she is a technical and project manager of ANSYS. She is also the AIW Lifetime Senior Member. Uh, she uh, got uh, from, um, originally from IIT Kanpur, a very distinguished school. And then they got degrees and master PhD from Penn State Aerospace Engineering. And uh, she's been with GE Global Research, ANSYS, and uh, she has been very important position for technical project manager. Area interest, machine learning in simulation, very hot topic, engineering design, MBSE, PIDO, free mechanics, and uh, aeroacoustic, gas turbine design, all very hot topics. She uh, holds 20 plus publication and the uh, two patents. And uh, she is also the speaker for this Saturday's presentation. So please uh, sign up and join us. Uh, so welcome, uh, Dr. Swati Sasena. Okay, thank you so much, Ken, for the introduction. 
and thank you everyone for joining us this evening. Um, I was hearing some background music. Okay, it's it's better now. Okay, so it's my pleasure to introduce our very accomplished speaker for this evening, Ms. Jessica Lal. She is the current president and CEO of Central City Association of for Los Angeles. She is also a senior uh, policy director in uh, Mayor uh, Villegar Rosa's administration. She is also on USC's Board of Governors, on the boards of Coro uh, Southern California, Goodwill Southern California, and the LA Tourism and Convention Board. Uh, and I'd also like to uh, tell everyone that she's also con she's con contesting for the LA mayor elections this year. So a uh, little, little bit more about, uh, about her that I'd like to tell everyone. And of course, she will go into more details about what uh, she has uh, done so far and what her plans are for the LA community. Uh, since 2017, she has been the CEO of CCA, as I mentioned. Uh, that's an advocacy organization based in LA, focusing on the future of urban centers. So under our leadership, CCA has advanced policies and built coalitions to tackle some of LA's most intractable challenges, uh, including homelessness, housing, and public safety. And we know that these are all very, very important uh, topics that we have to pay attention to. Prior to her current role as the CEO of CCA, Jessica served as executive director of South Park Business Improvement District, where she managed the nuts and bolts of community building and as senior policy director in uh, mayor's administration, current mayor's administration, where she helped bring quality jobs to the city. Uh, so before I hand over the floor to Jessica, I would also like to mention that I have, um, I feel this special, uh, you know, personal connection with her as well because uh, of a couple of reasons. Um, both she and I have a daughter around same age and uh, balancing work with personal life is always challenging. But at the same time, both of us um, are firm believers in, you know, uh, working for the community and also uh, support each other, support women as, uh, you know, uh, for and, and support our, you know, advancing in careers and how we can help each other and building this, uh, uh, building and shaping the community. Uh, and the other, other connection is that both uh, her father and I went to the same school back in India, IIT Kanpur, and uh, that has been a great uh, uh, stage or setting up, uh, you know, or, or uh, setting us up for for success in our careers. So that's that's a very strong connection that I feel as well. So with that, Jessica, welcome again. And now I'll hand over the floor to you to share us um, share with us your plans for the betterment of the LA people and specifically the aerospace industry, which is so strong in that area. Thank you. Over to you, Jessica. Thank you, Dr. Swati. That was such a lovely and personal introduction. Um, it's an honor to be here tonight talking to AIAA. Um, and I'm thankful for everyone for joining on a Monday night. 
um, uh, Dr. Swati went over many uh, points on my uh, professional career, um, namely that I run an advocacy organization where we represent over 300 large and small businesses, nonprofits across Los Angeles. And we do policy work in the areas of housing, homelessness, transportation, sustainability, economic development, which I'm excited to, to share more about with you all tonight. Prior to that, I've been in the role for five years. I ran a business improvement district where, as Swati mentioned, I did things uh, like supporting small businesses, running clean and safe programs, fixing sidewalks, really integrating technology into problem solving, uh, which I think is something that we need far more of. Um, and prior to that, I had the fortune of working inside Mayor Viragosa's administration on the business team. So my job there was really to be the point person liaison between the private sector and government. So working with companies, businesses, organizations that were really trying to make a difference in the city, often they needed help navigating government bureaucracy, cutting through red tape to really unleash the innovation and entrepreneurial spirit that we know exists here in Los Angeles. So I have a unique perspective. I bring over 10 years experience working both inside and leading outside City Hall, um, really on the forefront of building coalitions, being collaborative, problem solving, getting out of this sort of either or proposition that I think we're oftentimes presented with. Um, and so the reason that I am actually running for mayor is, is sort of what Swati just eloquently described. Um, I'm a mother of a two-year-old. My father uh, immigrated here from, from India and I came to Los Angeles uh, to go to college and I've been able to pursue my dreams, live out who I am. And I wanna make sure that we ensure that future for our future generations. We are the creative capital of the world. We have amazing industries like aerospace here. We want to make sure that we are building a community and a city where everyone can thrive and where we move people out of, um, out of poverty into high paying jobs and maintain the industries that are here currently anchoring our city. Um, it's, it's, it's really amazing. And I'll just share a personal anecdote. I went through a fellowship called the fellow Coro fellowship after graduating college. And one of my places was actually at Raytheon. Um, so going in, I had no experience obviously in the industry, but, uh, was completely shocked by the just vast array of, of future issues being tackled of the jobs that were being created and really what a vital, um, industry this was for our economy. So um, that's my personal connection to the industry. I'm not an engineer. My father is, my husband is. Um, and so here I am. So I just want to give a little bit of context around the economic situation here in California, but really how LA is unique. Oftentimes I think we talk about the Bay Area and then sort of break down um, you know, where I see the opportunities and really the value of the, of the aerospace industry and how we're going to move into a better time. So um, many of you may know in 1970, really the Bay Area and greater LA were actually about equal in wealth and development level. But today the Bay Area is still number one, uh, but LA is unfortunately number 25 among regions with more than 20 or 2 million people. These regions, LA, San Francisco, really pursued different economic pathways. 
The Bay Area focused more on high tech and the finance sectors, while Los Angeles really focused on manufacturing and logistics. And while each are vital, we need each, um, often are low paying jobs and career paths. So just to kind of illustrate these points, over the last decade in California, outside of the Bay Area, 86% of all new jobs have actually paid below the median income of 66,000 and 48%, that's almost half or under 40,000 a year in LA. That's really incredible. Particularly acute in LA County, where in the last 20 years, we've led the state in growth of low paying service jobs, adding close to 900,000 of them. Um, we've paired that by losing over 40,000 high paying jobs. So really, in my view, once a beacon of opportunity, the state suffers the highest cost-adjusted poverty rate in the country. Um, and in the Bay Area, what we've seen is that both government leaders and business leaders have done a great job in building highly networked, cohesive organizations. Whereas in LA, uh, much more disparate, much more spread out. It's it's the diversity and the and the, the just sheer geography is one of our greatest assets, our multiculturalism. Um, but what has suffered is that our leadership, I believe, has not always been focused in working together around a shared vision. And I've seen this both, again, working inside local government and, and, and running a business advocacy organization. So in my view, LA must do better and offering pathways to the middle class. That is what sustains our community and our society. And I find it inexcusable that as the creative capital of the world, we have drastically failed to effectively harness the brilliance and opportunity that exists in our backyard. So what I'm about to say probably uh, as well, I'm preaching to the choir, but with respect to the aerospace industry and how I see it, the aerospace industry and the many organizations that you are all a part of is a big reason why Los Angeles used to have such a thriving middle class. And I believe the industry is a major pathway towards returning the region to a place where we can imagine the American dream and feel like our children will be able to afford to have the same opportunities that we did. Um, aerospace jobs pay over 40% higher than the national average. These are exactly the kinds of jobs that we need to be doing a better job to foster and grow. Um, and I reviewed the key advocacy issues that you all annually share with lawmakers, and they really mirror a number of the challenges for industries across the region. For example, technology is quickly changing the jobs of, for tomorrow, but many of our educational institutions are still training for the jobs of yesterday. We need to be more adaptable, um, stable long-term government funding investments, are necessary for research and development. And it's challenging to commit to those long-term investments with short-term funding infusion. So we need to be thinking both in the short-term and in the long, in the long run um, and how to basically function in a business world that has been dramatically changed by COVID. I don't think COVID really uh, has changed, but it's also put uh, bright exposure onto many systems that were already broken in the first place. And I think this presents a unique moment where we have the world's attention and we have to think outside the box and we have to act fast. Uh, in my role at CCA, I join other business organizations, elected officials and civic leaders annually on a trip to DC to advocate for the economic needs of our region. And one of the top issues we discuss with federal leadership is always the 
importance and continued support of the Los Angeles Air Force Base, home to the only space and missile system center in the country. Uh, you all probably know the numbers, employs 6,300 workers directly and has created an, an ecosystem in the region that has a 1.8, almost $2 billion impact on our local economy. And yet um, so many in Los Angeles County are unaware of the existence or vitality of this ecosystem developed around this economic and military asset. Um, we share with Congress often on these trips that the Air Force Base really is in fact the birthplace to the US Air Force ballistic missile and military space program and has spawned many aerospace advancements and a cyberspace workforce essential to a modern military. In fact, um, I believe you all have a trip to the DC this year and it's scheduled at the same time as the annual LA business community delegation trip. We dub it Access DC. Um, so there may be another opportunity for Synergy here. I believe this is the week of March 14th. Um, I was also so proud when I read last week about the appointment of Dr. Lori Leslin, the first woman director to run JPL at Caltech. Um, in an interview after her appointment, she noted that Southern California is a cradle for space exploration, rocketry, and aerospace industry. Um, she stated that California is the place to be if you want to be a space explorer, especially in Southern California. I absolutely loved that. And I believe we are the home uh, for people with big dreams and bold visions. So to bring this into the mayor's race, um, set some of the economic ideas First is Los Angeles is the second largest city in the country, and it is time that we act like it. We should be a model, not just for the US, but really around the world on technology, innovation, and infrastructure solutions to address our most pressing challenges. I am committed, I'm very proud to be running a campaign and establishing a mayoral administration that will build new coalitions and bring in the brightest minds from our local world-class institutions and resources. Um, as the CEO of CCA, I've launched DTLA Insights with our team, an online portal to house a variety of demographic, economic mobility and real estate data. I intend to make this data and data sharing a key component um, of, our, of everything that we do at City Hall, from solving homelessness to improving public safety and our overall business and climate. We cannot determine policy without adequate data. I think it's one of the biggest things miss missing. You cannot solve a problem you do not fundamentally understand, and you cannot create metrics to measure your success if you don't track. So again, as mayor, I would propose the creation of a municipal economic development corporation to first depoliticize economic development. I worked inside the mayor's office. I saw firsthand that we run economic development and political offices. We're the second largest city in America, one of the only largest cities in America that does not have a, a long-term development corporation to take the full view over the long haul and to really bring people in. So we hope to, and so creating this, create a lasting structured entity to work with our regional partners, not be sort of at the whim of political elections, and really engage with the local business organizations and communities across our region. California leadership and LA leadership in particular, far too long has assumed that all of our natural advantages, um, universities, 
large workforce, international connections, great weather were enough to keep businesses here, no matter how hard they made it. But far too often now, though, I think we see entrepreneurs build their dreams in California and then take their expanding company to another state where it's more affordable for their employees to live and, and easier to expand their business. This shift to even more remote working because of COVID um, will only exacerbate this trend if we don't work together now to stop it. Um, and this applies to housing supply and affordability, safe schools that are arming our children with a skill set for the jobs of for tomorrow, and better transportation options that so that employees are not limited to career opportunities based on how much traffic they have uh, are prepared to sit through. Um, and I'm going to end before we open it up to questions on homelessness. Um, for those of you who live in LA, who go out on the streets, uh, we can't. Nothing else really matters unless we address our humanitarian crisis uh, on our streets. Um, and I'm here to talk about a brighter future for our economy, um, but it does not exist unless we address this tragedy that faces us all. What, um, so when I entered into the mayor's race, some of you may have seen, I announced a number of action steps I would take to address the crisis, including making the city more responsible for mental health resources, increasing temporary and recuperative care options, while also we build more housing and breaking the cycle of litigation that has really frozen our ability to help people and regulate our public rights of way. But as we know, lofty goals are not enough without an actual implementation plan. I'm speaking to a group of people who probably know this better than anyone. So we unveiled our implementation plan two weeks ago for what we're gonna do on day one. Um, the five action steps are the first, is to establish a city department of homelessness. It's absolutely uh, wild to think about that out of over 45 city departments and bureaus, not one is set up to address the complexities of homelessness. Um, the second action we would take is to actually use one of the mayoral appointments to the joint, the LASA Commission, which is the LA Housing Homelessness Services Authority to have myself and other elected officials actually serve as the representatives on that commission to increase accountability um, to the public. Action three would be to initiate audits of all taxpayer-funded homelessness problems. LA City voters have taxed themselves twice um, and they demand answers and we need to make sure that the money is being spent at the highest and best use. The fourth is to declare a state of emergency. Um, this is a symbolic action that will harness more resources for the city. And then the fifth is to actually begin monthly mayoral status reports to the public. Um, I think most Angelinos, as I talk to hundreds of people almost a day, could not tell you what the plan for addressing homelessness is. Um, and this, this in my mind would be the, the first way to start doing that by those regular uh, conversations. So when I look for inspiration, what is possible, I think about what we did during COVID. Overnight, the city had testing sites, mass vaccination sites, economic resources were provided to those who needed a temporary helping hand. Um, and the mayor was on TV regularly with other leaders providing updates on metrics and new initiatives. So I know I've talked a lot. Um, hopefully you can tell I'm extremely passionate about our city, the opportunities that exist. I think we need new leadership, fresh ideas, 
Um, we need career politicians, I think have often been the source of not being willing to make tough decisions because they're worried about what's their next political endeavor. I'm doing this because I believe in LA, I believe in the people of LA, and I want, like many of you, there to be a brighter future that awaits our, our children. So with that, I'm happy to answer questions or go into topics further or address anything that I didn't address. And again, thank you all for having me and taking time on your uh, Monday night to hear this presentation. Well, thank you so much, Jessica. It was very, very inspiring and uh, very informative at the same time. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the Q&A box right now. I don't have any questions yet. Uh, please uh, feel free to raise your hands or type in the questions. Yeah, sorry, Ken, go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying uh, our council member, RP, Kirstney, and Sherry, uh, they are here. Maybe uh, let them uh, we will say a few words. Uh, and uh, maybe that will get people started. I can, uh, I'm not sure if you guys can hear me, so I'll put as a hi. Oh, the fun of Zoom. I wanna thank you so much for sharing uh, your vision for Los Angeles. I really think that you've shared a lot um, and I really support that, especially, you know, bringing in a lot of different um, views when you're thinking about homelessness in different areas um, that we're facing. I was just wondering, you know, since I work with a lot of educators, what your vision is in terms of education in LA. Um, I work with a lot of STEM educators and you see like both sides, you have students who've been like disillusioned through, you know, remote learning, then coming back to school and especially in the field of STEM, not having too many um, opportunities for like discussions on renewable energy, looking at the climate. I mean, yeah, we have wonderful um, aerospace industry leaders, obviously in our area, but also we have to think about the future of our world, you know, with all the different tests and things that are being conducted. It seems like the students get so loud by the new SpaceX or Tesla, but they don't really think about the future of the environment. So, and I know you're addressing so many things with the homelessness and this and that, but just in looking at education perspective, did you have a plan for that or have you? Yes. Arby, thank you for that question and the sort of education climate, uh, how we are going to catch children up post COVID. I, I don't think we're spending any time talking about that. So one of the things, those of you who maybe are familiar with education and the LA mayor, um, you know, you'll often hear the refrain, oh, the mayor has no control over LAUSD and the schools. And I just fundamentally reject that. There may not be a formal power per se, but you better bet that if we're gonna have a world-class city, um, we have to have first-rate education facilities it used to be what we, uh, we're known for. And again, as a, as a mother of a two-year-old, I want her to go to local schools and, and thrive. My husband, I, I will also mention, is an engineer in renewable energy. He's dedicated his career to, to solar. So the environment and sustainability and long-term and how we're instilling this in our future generations, I think is very ripe for our um, children. So we've been actually meeting with people 
experts talking about what can the mayor of Los Angeles do specifically to be more present in the education conversation and not in a polarizing way again, but really in a productive way. Um, and some of the things that we're talking about doing are internships and apprenticeships pathways uh, to success, you know, working on the infrastructure that supports our schools, whether that's broadband access, whether that is setting up, for example, the city controls parks and rec department, right? And that's of those places are safe spaces that we should be better utilizing, I think, later into afternoons and evenings on, on weekends to create more after school programs and access. And, and, and again, in the spirit of also uh, catching children up from the deficits that have been created um, due to COVID. And I really believe this is a place where government needs to partner with the private sector to close that digital divide for children and students. I work a lot with the you know, Verizons and AT&Ts of the world, even real estate developers on safe pass passageways to school. And I think government and the mayor could be better tapping into the community and the companies that are here to leverage resources more effectively and directly for the benefit of schools and students. And of course, I don't again need to say to you about the quality of our education, higher ed, whether that's through our community colleges or our research universities, but making sure that those pipelines and uh, conversations are connected, collaborative, and really goal-oriented and adaptable. Um, and I think, again, as, as mayor, this would be a huge focus of mine in a way that hopefully brings people together and doesn't just sort of get into a more divisive, polarizing type of conversation. No, I think that's spot on because I think a lot of times it becomes us versus them, but really we have to work together. Um, prior to COVID, I went to one of these AIAA events where there was actually um, you know, startup companies in Los Angeles that were moving towards renewable type methods. And they had highlighted an airport in India where the entire airport was running by solar energy. And I remember thinking, well, we live in the hottest area <laughs> of Los Angeles, but how much alternative energy are we using? So when I think about schools, I think about all the creative energy that students bring in, teachers bring in, and then kind of bringing the two together in such a great area of trying to move forward. You know, COVID is almost like a ghost in every conversation, but we have to think about five, 10 years down the road, where do we want our kids to be? Where do we want our schools to be? And I think we owe it to an area that's so dedicated to all these great minds to kind of inject that within our schools. Because once kids start getting excited about building like a solar boat, a solar car, they get like their mind off of all these public health issues and more to, to thinking that way. So I'm happy to hear that you're, you're putting that on your agenda as well. Yeah, RP, um, I think what you're touching on is so important. I mean, two things. LA City controls our airport, our port, and our utility. That is a very rare, distinct opportunity and assets that exist in our communities and how we're um, integrating and encouraging and instilling those values at a young age and problem solving, I think is such a ripe opportunity. And I think when you have schools and students be a part of problem solving in their communities, uh, that really creates and instills, uh, you know, community overall. And I'll give an example. Uh, when I ran the South Park bid 
I was actually on the board for one of the local neighborhood schools, and it was a neighborhood that was undergoing a ton of development at the time. And uh, there were a lot of construction fences and those fences were being tagged overnight. They were creating a very sense of blight in the community. And what we did was we took the school and we found a local artist and the students out of recycled material actually created these really vibrant construction fences and put them up. And because they were so colorful and had all these different recyclable materials, no one tagged them because they weren't a blank canvas. And I'll never forget, I was walking down the street one day and a mother was walking her child to the school and they walked by the fence and he was like, mommy, mommy, I, I helped create that fence. And the, and the tagging actually went down 98% in the district. So I'm a big believer and bringing community together around problem solving and really kind of instilling values of community, you know, sustainability. And I think this can be taken to a much broader scale uh, in a city like Los Angeles. So thanks for raising that. It's really uh, something that I think is exciting for an opportunity for us. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, RP is our AIWA Los Angeles Vegas section. Uh, same K-12 outreach chair. Uh, so uh, she has uh, a lot of expertise in this area and inches. Uh, so next is our share, uh, Aswati. So next is okay. Sherry uh, uh, is our membership chair. She's going to uh, say something. Sure. Uh, and we uh, we also have a, have a question uh, in the Q&A section. So maybe yeah, yeah. we can take that after. Okay. So uh, next, uh, Sherry and uh, then Courtney, and uh, then we go back to uh, 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 Joanne. Is that okay? Yep. Okay. So yeah. Sherry, go ahead. Sherry, go ahead. I saw, we saw your hand raised uh, and the microphone seems to be okay, but we, we cannot hear you. Okay. Well, um, the, Uh, maybe she's having some uh, difficulty in her audio. Uh, maybe we can come back to her. Yeah, so well, uh, when you're ready, come back. Uh, and Courtney, uh, Courtney is our early career young professional chair. Uh, so Courtney, would you like to say a few words? Hey, sure. Can you guys hear me all right? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> so yeah, I guess this might be a tough question to, to answer, but I guess... I know you had mentioned um, how there's a lot of companies, like especially aerospace companies in LA that are moving out to other cities and other states uh, because just like property values here and everything and traffic and is so high. Um, and you had mentioned that, yeah, there's some, some measures you wanna take to kind of prevent that from happening. Um, like, can you expand a little bit on like, yeah, what kind of the plan is for that as far as whether it's, yeah, between the public transportation or the, the traffic or, or lowering property values or like what can be done about that? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, we have to do all of these things. And I think first as the 
mayor of the second largest city in America, valuing the business community, valuing our industries is really important. Um, you know, don't want to get into other levels of politics, but I think when we hear big um, elected officials sort of say, oh, good riddance, you know, companies are leaving. I think that fundamentally misses the point and um, takes for granted what is currently here. So I think just overall having a tone that respects the business community, job creators, uh, values their contribution, brings them into problem solving is something that's really important. I think, frankly, missing um, in a lot of the conversations that are happening. Now, policy-wise, I think housing is absolutely critical. And I think in many ways, it is the core, all roads sort of lead to housing. And what I mean by that is I think we, we clearly have an affordability crisis, a supply crisis, and an issue pertaining to housing uh, for homelessness. So what, uh, and what I've spent many years doing in my current job at CCA, sorry if you all hear my daughter, she's getting put uh, down to bed and she's very chatty. Um, but we, we in LA are short about half a million units from past uh, what we haven't met, um, met need and future. And I think one of the things we need to do is be really uh, aware of that and willing to make some decisions around increasing housing supply. And when I say that, I, we need housing at all, all spectrums, right? Um, and so one of the things that we've been doing is uh, pushing for things like micro units, using more sustainable materials in housing that lower cost, that create more differentiation and price points. Um, we need to really invest in this, and this pertains to the city zoning, community plans. This is where I've spent a lot of time working. Um, the LA mayor has, uh, the main source of power for the mayor is an appointment of the department general managers, so building and safety, planning, the fire department. Uh, to build housing in the city of LA, you have to deal on average with 13 different city departments. They all have different websites. They all have different standards. We have to streamline so we can get things built faster because those delays are ultimately passed to the renter or the buyer. And if, if, you know, if we're not building, then people are just staying in their home and costs are going up astronomically. So I think that's a huge bucket. And I think the mayor has a lot of roles to play there. Um, transportation is obviously key. Um, you know, we really need to invest, I think, in the first and last mile. We've seen major investments uh, through Measure M and R and sort of the regional transit. So we're seeing massive subway and, and, and light rail expansion. But the problem is, so take, for example, I live in Mar Vista on the west side of town. I work downtown. The expo line is available to me, but it takes me about 15 minutes to get to the expo in my car. Maybe there's parking, maybe there's not. The train itself does not have light signal priority all the way. And then once I get downtown, uh, you know, it's a, it's a five minute walk, but then if I need access to transportation during the day, it's often hard to use. So um, I think these are big sort of structural uh, issues that we need to address. And I would say also as a woman and with a young child, we need to really focus on the safety of the transportation network um, because when people are afraid to use it and it, or it is not reliable, um, there are, we're not going to see people taking advantage of it. And as a result, more, more people are going to be in traffic, in cars, on the street. I'm a big proponent of transit-oriented development and density 
near transit lines, near job centers, uh, you know, in a city as, as, as big as LA, 500 square miles, every community isn't going to look the same, nor should it, but we need to be able to uh, plan and then build both transportation and housing infrastructure if we are in fact going to meet the needs of um, our companies and their needs of employers. And I think with so many options in different places across the US being available now due to virtual work, the competition for that is really aggressive. We see commercials from Austin or Denver, you know, trying to get companies and talent to leave LA and we cannot take things for granted. We need to be out there. We need to be making commitments and investment in the infrastructure that's going to make our city affordable and sustainable over the long haul. Thanks. Sherry's back. Sherry, did you have a question? I don't think we can hear you. If you want to type it into the chat, maybe we can answer it that way. Okay, maybe once we get yeah. Sherry's question, this will maybe be the last yeah, me, for somebody else that has a question. Yeah, I uh, I do see another question in the Q&A window. So meanwhile, uh, I'll go ahead with that. So Joanne has a question uh, for you, Jessica. Okay. Uh, I, I'll just read it for you. Uh, so cities will be faced with many challenges that could benefit from scientific input. Have you thought about how would you be advised in that space? Yes, Joan, great point. Um, to me, my job as mayor is not to have all the answers. My job is to know who to go to and what who to tap for the right answers and to bring people together proactively, thoughtfully, collaboratively. Um, so I would say as it relates to the scientific community, in terms of data, solving problems, industry-specific issues, the issues that we were just talking about, but what makes a smart city. I'm a big proponent of the 15-minute city where you, communities can access all of their needs within 15 minutes. This, to me, is not something that government is going to lead innovatively. So I would absolutely, one of the things that we've been doing is proposing having industry councils that advise the mayor directly if we get the economic development uh, corporation, which would operate more as a P3 setup, this is where I would hope to institutionalize scientific data support over the long haul. I think government can be applying for grants, um, but I really believe that it's all there. We just have to give a mechanism um, without, with, with, um, with experts to harness their knowledge, their resources, so we can actually solve problems. And for us, this is what our campaign is all about. Um, I'm, I hope after tonight, if each of you have ideas or thoughts or wanting to be more involved, um, you will send them over to us. A campaign to me should be about dialogue, deepening industry and understandings and, and thinking more creatively about how we put people at the same table together 
to solve complex problems because we can do it. Um, government should be the facilitator of that kind of conversation and convening. I live in Pasadena, so I can't vote for you, but. Um... That's okay, Joan, you can help us get the word out. Um, this is a, a regional, we're all impacted regionally by, by local. So thanks for that question. Um, I see, I see Sherry's question, safety. Yes, safety has actually risen in my view to almost the point that homelessness has um, in this dialogue. So uh, people are not safe. They don't feel safe. Crime is rising. This is happening nationally. Um, I think we need to be very thoughtful in terms of how we actually make change here. So we just avoid the pendulum continuing to just go from one extreme to the other. For me, my home on the west side of town has been broken into, burglarized twice in four years. My jewelry has been cleaned out twice. My family heirlooms, uh, my car windshield was shattered uh, two feet from my daughter's window overnight. Someone just breaking in to see if I had some cash. Uh, I feel this personally. I have a baseball bat next to my bed and it is not cool. And I know that if I feel this way, on the west side of town in Los Angeles, what do communities across Los Angeles feel that have been traumatized by violence? And we must have a zero tolerance for violent crime. We must be able to hold repeat offenders in jail um, so they aren't just out brazenly committing crimes. I've spent a lot of time talking with LAPD and, and talking about, hey, like where, do they need more resources and training? And I think oftentimes we get caught in just the number of officers. We also have to be looking at the fact that 50% of sworn officers, I'm sorry, officers spend 50% of their time doing administrative paperwork. They're using technology and systems that are from the 80s or 90s. They've missed a generation. This is, again, something where I think data and technology could really help us get a higher return on investment with, with our public safety officers so that they are able to focus on violent crime. Now, I think public safety is a much broader issue than policing. Um, I can tell you all, my, my, my brother suffered from mental health and substance abuse issues. Um, he passed away six months after our, I had Aria. And so I know the struggles of people who are battling these illnesses and they do not require policing. Uh, they require intense medical mental health treatment, and we need to invest more resources into those tools so we're not just saying, hey, call the police or just cross your fingers and pray for the best. Um, so I think we've been talking a lot in our campaign to experts in this field about what does it mean to have safe and thriving communities, not just where people feel safe, but where they actually are safe and what, um, how to repair the, the structures and systems, whether that's foster care, juvenile detention, those uh, broken systems that are contributing. So this is something that is of the highest importance. I think the core function of government is to provide safety for its residents. I actually think it's one of the reasons that we're seeing companies and people leave is because they, they can't deal with their personal safety feeling threatened. Um, I think there's a lot more at the state that can be done and is being looked at that the city should be out leading and pushing for and re with respect to this issue. 
Okay, I think Roger has a question. Roger, if you're uh, there, maybe you can unmute. Yes, can you hear me? We can. Okay, um, I have a suggestion for the parking situation. Please. They, um, they build a lot of new apartment buildings, especially where I live in other areas. And my suggestion is that the parking lots like for Smart and Final or should be able to be used by the residents overnight, as long as they move their car out in the morning. It would solve a lot of problems. And then I think they should also, the city should build residential parking structures, just like they do at malls. It would solve so much of the parking problems. Roger, thank you. I think parking, parking lots are the biggest underutilized space we need parking um i i again downtown is a big area of focus we work to repurpose parking lots um create more flexibility reducing parking minimums um and really i think there are way better models across the world really that allow for parking but um not just solely parking so i i thank you for for raising that very much agree and a city of the future has to figure out uh, a more innovative than just like taking up a huge swath of land that only can be used during certain times of the day for customer parking. Right. What about residential parking lots? Yeah, I think that's a, something definitely to look into. Um, I think there are different places that have uh, those kinds of models. I'm not so familiar with it, but I think that's something that we can definitely look into. Um, and I apologize, my daughter is starting to really cry. So maybe we can have one more question. Uh, can I give you, say one more thing? Please, please, please. Okay. You know, there's a lot of graffiti in certain areas. And I'm one of the people that always reports graffiti. And right now, it's based on someone reporting it. Otherwise, nothing gets done about it. It just sits there. I've seen it. I think maybe we should have a, people driving around and reporting it. That's their job or part of their job. Yes, so um, again, I think this is something that the city can really lead on. I ran a business improvement district. We ran clean and safe programs, which were graffiti removing and the property owners in that district paid to have additional resources dedicated to identifying and uh, removing graffiti. Um, I think the city system is bureaucratic. It's, it's not uh, technology, it's like not integrated. Um, I think we have 15 different council offices who have different approaches for dealing with graffiti. Uh, the mayor needs to be setting a clear, uh, you know, where do you call? What is the expectation on timeline? I think using better, uh, again, technology for actually reporting graffiti, whether we have uh, actual city folks out there uh, doing that, I think, you know, would need to be looked into, but, um, you know, we, we must keep our city clean and vibrant. And uh, the longer you let graffiti sit there, the more uh, it, it contributes to other sorts of uh, lawlessness, feeling of being unsafe. Um, and so there's a, there's a negative ripple effect 
with with that with with graffiti and other sort of lack of maintenance in communities, um, and to keep and keep us economically vibrant. Uh, I agree completely with you. Okay, thank you. Well, it's been lovely talking to each of you, uh, hearing the questions and comments, um, extremely thoughtful and smart and just refreshing. Um, it makes me, again, for me talking uh, to groups like this, it gives me energy, keeps me feeling positive and optimistic about the opportunities that exist for our city, our region, our state, our country. In so many ways, LA is ground zero for, for what where the rest of us go. So. Um, I'd love to continue the, the conversation with you all. Um, I think you probably have my, uh, our social media, our website is jessicalawformayor.com. If you'd like to actually uh, sign up to get our updates, we'd love to have you and um, look forward to hopefully staying in touch as this campaign moves forward. Thank you all for all that you do and contribute to, to our great city. Thank you. Thank you again, Jessica, for your time. Uh, it was a great uh, discussion and uh, some very important topics were discussed. Uh, this event is being recorded and it will be made available on our uh, uh, chapter's uh, webpage, AIALALB webpage, uh, and you'll get a notification about uh, where it will be posted and all the details. So uh, thanks again. Thanks, everyone, for joining us this evening. Uh, before we close, uh, Ken, do uh, you have any uh, any final thoughts you'd like to share? Oh, yeah, yes. Uh, thank you, uh, Dr. Sasena, and uh, thank you, uh, Ms. Lau. This is wonderful, very exciting. And Jessica, you're welcome anytime, Swati. If, if you want to do it again when you have more time, we're more than happy to get people get a more conversation. It's vital for Angelians and the AIAA. Uh, Los Angeles Las Vegas section is a professional organization. Uh, the aerospace community uh, is, is uh, very important for uh, Los Angeles. And uh, Los Angeles has a great aerospace legacy in this area. It's just amazing. It's like a treasure, treasure island. Uh, so it can provide a great support for, for, for the, your mission and uh, for, for the future, brighter future uh, of, of uh, Los Angeles. Los Angeles can be a future city and uh, other way can play a very important role uh, in it. So anytime, Swati, Jessica, when you're ready. Well, uh, and, and uh, I think uh, Dr. Sasena mentioned that uh, we will probably have an article. So we'll post it uh, in our newsletter so people uh, can uh, read more about this event. Awesome. Thank you everyone for joining us. Uh, don't forget Saturday, uh, Dr. Swati Sasena is going to give uh, a talk on simulation. And, and uh, uh, is ready to, to join us this Saturday. Okay, great. Thank you, everyone. Have a great evening. Great, uh, great week. Thank you. Thank Bye you. Everybody. Thanks again. Thank you. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.